0: Good morning, Church. How are you all? Amazing. Dad, Mum, trying new seats, new sides. Love it. Very good. Normally over here. Your chairs are actually empty. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I was thinking of something uh, this morning. Uh, when I was single, my screensaver was my favourite car, my phone. And... uh then I uh, started dating. Well, that changed, because uh, my girlfriend went on it. Then, uh, then I got married, so I had to update the screensaver with the wedding dress pic, it was very cool. And, uh, and now, it's got, it's got baby Alaska uh, all over it as well. So, uh, host team, uh, just a new person's pack, please. <laughs> In the parents' room, Alaska. She will love reading it and eating the (laughs) Kit-Kat. Yes, very good. I see no one rushing to give her a welcome pack. Well, welcome Alaska, I'm glad you're here, even if the host team isn't. I'll chat to them later. (laughs) Oh, it's good to be here this morning. Feels like a little bit uh, of that back home feeling. This is where it all started for me, and uh, I do miss you guys out at uh, Field on Sunday mornings. Just a little bit, not much, and not often, but occasionally I think of you, and uh, it's like, I need to get back over to Warner some Sunday morning, and it was on staff meeting a couple of weeks ago that Pastor Mike goes, Joe, you haven't been a Warner on Sunday morning this year. We need to change that. So... Uh, Here I am, yours truly, ready to speak to you all this morning. And Pastor Mark actually tasked me with something as well. And uh, he's asked me to preach on prayer this morning because of our worship and prayer night tonight. And I was like, I'd love to. So church, I've entitled my message this morning, The Secret Place. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we open your word this morning, God, I pray that you would help us to lean into it. Help it to change us. Help it to equip us, help it to encourage us, help it to inspire us. Oh God, let us walk out different. Let us walk out closer to you. Let us walk out more like you today, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I want to start with a couple of verses from John chapter 17 this morning. Jesus said this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience, experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. This uh, chapter, John seventeen, it's a red letter chapter. It's awesome. There's not many like that where it's just red letter, and it's entitled the Prayer of Jesus, which means to me that it's something that he wants. It's his desire. Because a prayer is something that you pray if you want it. You desire it. So on that foundational thought that this is something that Jesus desires, there's a couple of words that I read that have stood out to me as I read this verse recently in a time of intimate discipleship and fellowship with one of my friends and with Jesus that you love them as much as you love me. You know, Rachel spoke so well in communion this morning about the desire of Jesus, the desire of our Father to have communion with us. So when Jesus prays something like this, that, that he wants the world to know that our Father Loves you and me as much as the Father loves Jesus. Isn't that incredible? That, that's not a statement of an apostle. That's not a, a statement of, of, one, of the, one of the people who wrote the Scriptures. It is Jesus' red letter, his desire, that the world would know. Hope, hoping really to me that says that we already know it, that our Father in heaven loves you and I, us, as much as he loves his own son. It's the desire of Jesus. You know, this, this, uh, this message that I'm gonna preach this morning uh, has been a real journey for me uh, over this year of trying to find a way to go deeper in my relationship with Jesus this year, of, of, trying to, of trying to find a way to have a more close relationship. At the start of this year, I felt distant to God. I felt like there was something separating me from intimacy, a beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus, and whether God was hiding himself so that I would seek him out, as he does, he's jealous of our time, of our heart, of who we are, or whether it was me that had walked away and not, not been as close to him. It made me want him all the more. It's like when you catch up with a good friend you haven't seen in a while don't you just desire it? There's anticipation, you're looking forward to it, you put extra plan and intentional like thought process into the booking and you, you check that the place is going to be open and that it's got what you want there and there's gonna be an environment and atmosphere that is going to be enjoyable to spend that, that desired time with that person. I actually think that's how God is with us. He desires us so much that he looks forward to the time that we spend with him. What is prayer? It's spending time with your creator. That's what it is. Prayer is talking with Jesus, talking with God, spending time with your saviour, your king, your friend. Do you want to talk to someone that you love? I think we don't pray because we don't want to. I think we don't pray because we desire other things, other stuff or other people more than we desire Jesus. Prayer is not a chore. Sometimes when we think, oh man, I've got to pray for one hour every, every morning. God, I'm not praying enough. To me, that just sounds like a chore. Sounds like something that you have to do. I have to pray for an hour, I'm not a good Christian. I have to pray, because otherwise I, I, I might not even be saved. You know, when I was uh, younger um, and very naughty, uh, I would get in trouble. And then I would have to do extra chores. The worst was washing walls. It was awful. It was like, to make a white wall white. It's like, but they weren't actually that white. You get up close. Who's got white walls in their home? They're not white. (laughs) There's marks all over them. Oh man, Jif. I just have a eternal (laughs) hatred to Jif. When I bought my own property, I remember buying Jif for the first time. It Just brought up lots of trauma (laughs) and stuff. It's like, I hate Jif. Those stupid wall scourers and buckets and water. It's like, oh. Even worse was when dad made me write lines. I mean, if writing lines wasn't bad enough at school when I got detention, when I said something mean to my mom, that was the worst. That was like hell, fire and brimstone. Like if I said something mean or nasty to a sibling, that was bad, that was lines or a wall. But man, if I said something to mom, it it was all of it. All of the above, plus more. I, Joseph Fennell, will not speak bad like this ever again. I, Joseph Fennell, oh man, I won't bore you even with saying it twice. Like the the chore of writing lines, awful. But you know what's interesting? My dad never said to me, he never said, Joe, your punishment for being naughty is you have to hang out with me for an hour. You have to come to Macca's and have a one-on-one coffee with me for a whole hour and we have to chat. That would not have been a punishment. And it wouldn't have been a chore. But I think sometimes we approach prayer like it's something that I have to do or it's almost become a chore in our life. But it shouldn't be. So how can we spend time with him? Well, we can read the word. The Bible says in John chapter one that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And in verse 14, it then says that the word became flesh. So if the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh, which part of God became flesh? Jesus So who is Jesus? The Word. The Word is Jesus. So you can spend time with Jesus by reading His Word. You can also worship like we did this morning, whether in communion at church or in the car on the way to work, at home, in the shower, wherever. You can bust out that favorite Spotify playlist and just start worshiping God. You are spending time with Him. Or you can pray you know that's what we're going to do tonight we're just going to worship and pray for an hour and a half we're going to spend time with Jesus for an hour and a half prayer is not meant to be a chore when Jesus prayed he wanted to so much so that when the disciples saw him praying they said Lord teach us how to pray the Lord's Prayer only has a few lines in it, not many, only really a few words, less than a hundred, not many at all. And Jesus said, "Don't, don't, don't babble on. Don't babble on, don't pray words after words after words, thinking that that's what's going to make you be heard. Just just come and tell your father what you want. Just spend time with your Father. I love the language that Jesus chose to use. He said, our Father. Give us, forgive us. I I love that. I love that Jesus didn't say, my Father, forgive me, give me. I, I think if we spent more time praying for those around us, it'd probably draw us in a little bit more to spending time with Jesus, to love God and to love others. If you need to, use the Lord's Prayer as a checklist. Use it as as a reminder or a prompter to spend time with Him and to work your way through praying, our Father, forgive us. Don't just forgive me, Lord, forgive the people around me. Let them experience your goodness. Give us what we need. Pray for someone else's needs because it takes our eyes off of us, off of our selfishness, and it starts to help us to become more like Jesus. Jesus said, when you pray, when you choose to spend time with God, love is most certainly a choice. I've been married to Ivana now for six years. I have to choose to continue to love her. I have to choose to continue to honor my vows. I have to choose to spend time with Yovana. It's the ongoing maintenance that makes marriages work. You have to choose it. It's the same in our relationship with our, our heavenly father, with Jesus. Remember, our marriage is a picture of the eternal relationship between the bridegroom and us, the bride. Jesus and you and me, the wedding feast, marriage, perfect harmony, unity, forever. This is how Jesus said to pray. He said in Matthew chapter six, verses five to six, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Who sees everything? That one always scared me. I remember the first time I really got it. (laughs) I wore underwear in the shower. It's because there's a depth of intimacy that God desires with you and I. Sees it all, yet he chooses to still love you. (coughs) Despite it all, he still chooses to love you. Regardless of what we've ever done, what we're doing or what we'll ever do, the cross is your proof that he loves you. You don't need him to die again. The world doesn't need him to die again. He's done that once for all time. So much so that the Bible says that it even covers our unintentional sins. I love that, that's so powerful. So much so that it says that that all of those that, that died before the cross, God withheld judgment counting them as righteous because of the cross to come. I love that. I love the stake in the ground for all eternity of the cross. I love the picture of the cross. But Jesus said, when you pray, go away. There's a difference between corporate prayer and praying with the army praying with your brothers and sisters like we're gonna do tonight, than to spending one-on-one time, as Rachel said, with your creator. It's in the secret place. My first point this morning is to go into the secret place. Go. It's a common thread through the, through the gospel messages is to go, to go and do, to go and preach the good news to go out and to tell the world about him, but to also go into the secret place to spend time with our creator. You know, I think we avoid the secret place though because of what's normally going on in the secret place. So shame has ruined our intimacy with Jesus. Let alone the issues that it causes in our marriages, earthly relationships, the heart of Jesus. Our bridegroom is being hurt. What are we doing in the secret place that makes us avoid spending that personal private time with Jesus? Maybe it's become a place of sin rather than a place of beautiful intimacy. Rather than a passion for the spirit, we've allowed a passion for the flesh to take over the secret place. The secret place, the quiet time. The time at the end of the day, the time early in the morning, the time on the way to work, the time when it's just you and you could be spending that time with Jesus, we have allowed other things to come and rob and steal and kill and destroy our secret place. I want to dive into this because I believe God this morning wants to restore our secret place to re- restore us into unity with Him. Lust, Old Testament, haughty eyes, the first of the deadliest of sins, the ones that God hates the most. Why? Because it's dangerous. It ruins us. It's so dangerous to so many parts of our Life, pornography addiction. You know, stats from the most recent research says that the average age of boys and girls exposed to porn is 11 years old. 94% of all people have seen it by the age of 14. 68% of men who attend church watch porn on a regular basis, a seven out of 10. 33% of women, 25 and under, watch it at least once a month. 55% of married men, 25% of married women watch porn at least once a month. 87% of Christian women admit to having watched porn. It's damaging us. It's damaging our intimacy with those around us. It's damaging our intimacy with God. Let alone lust, lying, cheating, stealing, scheming, gossiping, idolatry. This is one of the other big ones I believe in this generation. Idolatry. We worship other gods without even realizing it. What has your time has your heart. What app gets open the most has your heart. What gets spent on the most time in the home has your heart, without even realizing it. Money, money, we work. Work is more important than time with God or time with our family. We allow it to rule our lives, taking away precious memory-making moments that we could be spending with people or with God. Love God, love your family. Sport, the TV, next episode starting in tick, tick, tick. These things are destroying our secret place. God hates these things so much because of what they do to us. You know, God doesn't want us to not sin because of something that he needs. God doesn't want us to sin because of what he knows it's going to do to us. That's what good parents do. They protect their children. They look after their children. What has your time also has your heart. What stills your time also stills your heart. You know, I remember back in 2013, I was standing out in the cafe out here, you know, doing my thing, meeting new people, Chatting to some of my besties and just hanging out, you know, post fellowship church time. That's what you do. And then, out of nowhere, this unbelievable girl was just walking up the footpath, long brown hair flowing in the wind, the sun filtering through the trees. Hit her at just the right angle, in just the right moment, that for the first time ever, my heart skipped a beat. It's true, I'd never experienced it. And in that moment, gung-ho Joe, driven Joe, Joe who was not gonna be stopped by anyone and Joe who'd have to be swept off his feet to start a relationship, boom, his heart skipped a beat. Yovana, didn't even know she did it and didn't even know it had done it to me until two years later when I decided enough is enough, I gotta tell her how I feel. I can't wait any longer. I'm so sorry, but two years is long enough. And uh, 2015, we started dating. 2017, we got married, and it's six years later. You know, things stealing, our secret place has been going since the beginning of time. Genesis chapter three, verses eight to 10, says that when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Where are you? See, the man and the woman had now experienced shame. And what shame does is it makes us hide from God but I love the response of God. In love, he comes toward them. In love, he leans into his relationship with them. And then in love, he does what only he could do. He takes an animal and he kills it for the blood to be spilled for the sin and took the the clothes and made the first leather outfit ever to be worn on planet Earth. Probably a bit of fur in there too. Who knows? Probably can't do that stuff anymore. And he's done it for you and I. Jesus, the ultimate once for all time sacrifice, has died the sacrificial lamb before the beginning of time because he knew. He knew it all. He's seen it all. And yet he still chooses to love you. So what's pulled you away? What's pulled you away? Because God hasn't left you. God never leaves us and never forsakes us. Sometimes we we don't even notice it happening. It's like at the beach. You know, you sort yourself out, you're excited to go jump in the waves and, be tossed around in like a washing machine. I don't know, who likes that stuff anyway? I much prefer to go to the a river or a dam or a lake or something. It's like, oh, I can't stand the beach, it's awful. <laughs> but anyways, everyone else likes the beach. And so you go to the beach and what do you do? You know, you put your pluggers down and, pop your keys underneath and scrunch up your tower, pretend that there's no valuables there. Everyone knows there's valuables there. We all do the exact same thing. I mean, you can just walk along the beach and go, yeah, keys, wallet, keys, wallet. It's all hidden under the scrunched up towel. We all know it. And then you run on down to the water and you jump in and you start splashing around, having the most amazing time, you skip, skimming the ball along the, the water or you're body surfing, body boarding, whatever you do, I don't know. It's up to you. All of a sudden though, you look up and you're like, ooh, where's my stuff? (laughs) Someone stole all my stuff. It's like, no, 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 it's just over there where you started. Because you don't realise, because the the rip in the water, the current, whatever it might be, you just start to drift a little. Sometimes it's not obvious big things that pull us away from God, it's little things that build up over time. I want to encourage you this morning to come back to God. He came for you because he wants you and he's the best thing for you. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? If those words, where are you, impact you, I want to encourage you with two things. Number one, let it draw you back. Let it draw you closer in. Let it encourage you that you actually do really want to be with Jesus. Because when you feel bad about something, it means you care. So don't let that cause you to walk away in condemnation. No, let it allow the convicting powerful work of Christ to draw you back in. But secondly, it obviously means that you want something else more. Don't lie to yourself. Ask yourself, why don't I pray? Why don't I want God more? Why don't I spend more time with him? Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will help you to answer that question. But that's the reality. You don't love God as much as you love the world. You don't love God as much as you love something or someone else. My second point this morning is humble yourself, purify your heart, and wash your hands. James 4, 7, 8 says this. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Jason, can you jump up please? or run up, (laughs) getting old, eh? Stay there. For my illustration, this is God. As I come close to God, is God coming closer to me? As I allow stuff to interfere, is God moving, is God changing, or is it me? You see, it's us. It's our step towards God that draws us closer to him. Thank you, Jason. You don't want to spend time with God because you're enjoying spending it with other things. That's the reality. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. What is the love of the Father? Jesus. And Jesus is in us. It's the desire of Jesus for us to be free. That's what the cross proves. The cross proves his desire for us to be free. There's good news this morning. There is good news for you and I today. John chapter three, verse 16 to 17. Jesus said this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So despite what we have allowed into our secret place, despite what has stolen us away, God loves us and the cross is your proof for all eternity, for all time, that He still chooses you today. What does the cross mean to you? Is it enough for you? Or is it just a Christian symbol? Or is it a stake in the ground of your heart that God loves you? What if we then add resurrection to that cross? I mean, it's not just the the death of Jesus that covers us and takes our place. That's the starting point with the love of God because then we can add to that resurrecting power and we can then add to that our eternal reward, glory, everlasting love, goodness and blessing and fun. And, And if that's not enough, we get all the eternal rewards and our rewards for now. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us, who are united with Christ Jesus. Come on, church, I can tell you today that Jesus defeated the devil. We are victorious because of Christ. You and I are not under the power of sin any longer because we have been set free by Jesus Christ himself. So I wanna encourage you to look and to fix your eyes on the cross. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, just look at Jesus. Come back into the secret place. Don't give in to your flesh. Don't give in to the enemy. He does not deserve you. He did not die for you. All he does is lies to you, entices you, and tries to rob, steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your fun, your passion, your relationship with God, tempting you to try and do all of these crazy things that stem from those desires that are within your flesh. He does not deserve you. Do not give in to the enemy. Give in to Jesus. My third point is this: no matter what, go into the secret place, humble yourself, purify your heart, wash your hands. No matter what, you know I love that the woman with the alabaster jar did not care what anyone would think about her. I love that story. It's powerful. So powerful that Jesus said we would preach for all all time to come. I'm preaching about it today, couldn't help it. I love that despite who was in the room, despite what people might think of her, despite the judgment or whatever was going to go on, despite the fear that was probably ruling her at that moment, she came in and she came and knelt behind Jesus and with extravagant gratefulness and thankfulness poured out over her creator, poured out over the one that knew that loved her, that knew had forgiven her, that knew had set her free, beautiful perfume, tears and washed his feet, dried his feet with her hair, not caring about what anyone would think. I wanna encourage you, don't look left, don't look right. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Come back into the secret place. He loves you. I love what that woman did. I also love the response of Jesus. I love that he defended her. I love that he covered her. I love that he championed her. He dealt with the judgment in the room. He allowed her, not just in his presence, but he allowed her and all that she was to touch him publicly. And not just a little, how you going? (laughs) But messy, extravagant, tears of sorrow, tears of gratefulness, tears of joy, pouring perfume on his head and on his feet and crying on them and drying them with her hair. He allowed that to take place in front of everyone. I love the response of Jesus. And then not only defending and protecting her and allowing her to do it, but championing her. This act is gonna be preached about for all time to come. I love the woman that, had the issue of blood, they didn't care about the rules in that moment, had become desperate enough to get close to the one that she knew had the answer that she needed, that she was willing to do whatever it took to come into close proximity with Jesus. Pushing through the crowds, Despite all the shame, despite all of the words that had been spoken over her for the last 12 years, unclean, 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 not wanted, not wanted, not wanted, all of the words that had been thought over herself to push through the crowd to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. I love the man on the cross next to Jesus that knew that there was no one else he'd want to be remembered by other, than Jesus. I love the act of Zacchaeus, just a simple act that attracted the attention of Jesus, just to climb a tree so that he could just get a glimpse, because that's all he thought that he was good for. If If I can just see this guy, that'd be enough for me. But Jesus like, no, 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 that's not enough. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough for you or you or you or any of us. Because Jesus doesn't want to just be seen by us. He wants close, loving relationship with you and I. He came and he looked up, disregarding everyone else around and said, Zacchaeus, knew him by name, went to that place. Called him down. He said, Zacchaeus, I wanna come to your home tonight. I wanna have dinner with you because of your act of climbing this tree because you think that it's just to see me would be enough. I think stories like that are in there for you and I to give us confidence that that's not what God wants for us but that he wants close, loving relationship. Church, don't let anything come in between you and your Jesus. Come to the band, come back please. Church, we pray because we get to pray. It's my last thought for you today. We pray because we get to pray. It's a secret place. The secret place. We can choose to pray because we get to pray. We get to pray prayers that see things happen. Just think about the prayers that you get to pray. You don't have to even pray them in the secret place. You can pray them right out in public. You can pray sun stand still prayers. You can pray prayers for things that are literally physically impossible, knowing that you serve someone that's bigger than it all, knowing that you serve someone that is greater than it all. You can tell the sun to stand still when you pray to God. You can tell dead things to live You can tell deaf ears to open. You can tell blind eyes to see. You can tell lame people to walk again. You can walk into an atmosphere of darkness, bringing light into that place because of the resurrecting power that lives inside of you. And you can speak out a word into that situation, declaring goodness and favour and blessing and the Word of God to come through because you get to pray church. You can say mountain move. We get to pray for people and see them come to freedom. We get to pray for ourselves and see freedom flow. We get to pray for our food and see it nourish our bodies. To thank God for His provision in our life every day at lunchtime in the workplace, at home at night with the family, we get to pray. We get to pray over our finance and see it bless us and those around us for healing and to see miracles take place. We get to tell the devil where to go and that you do not have to submit. We can rebuke Him because of the resurrecting power that lives inside of us. We get to command the devil to go. We get to command dead things to live. We get to command that chains and walls and doors will be opened, that we will see breakthrough in our family, that we will see the provision of God flow, that we will see revival come for this nation who made you, who designed you, who created you, who gave you life, who formed you in your mother's womb, who breathed his breath of life into your body and holds the very next breath in his hands, who knows the number of your days, even to the point of how many hairs are on your head. There is deep intimacy that you can have with your Creator and He has made it possible. Jesus, He is the most qualified, most invested, most ever-present person that could ever want to be with you. Jesus. Church, do you want to produce much fruit? Do you wanna see the world encounter Jesus? Do you want your life and the life of those around you experience the goodness of being a child of God? and remain in Him, remain in Him. As you remain in Him, you will produce much fruit. As you come in to the secret place, boldly enter the throne room of God. Pray those prayers, spend time with Him. I wanna encourage this morning, go into the secret place, humble your hearts, Purify your hearts. Wash your hands, no matter what. Don't give up, church. Don't give in. Stay strong, stay committed. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Be encouraged this morning to live free, to do what God has called you to do. Be encouraged this morning. Let your life glorify, magnify, exalt the name of Jesus. Let your life, let your love, let your lips exalt the name of Jesus. Let everything about you in the public place, in the private place, exalt the name of Jesus. Would you stand to your feet this morning, church? I wanna pray for you this morning. It is my heart that this message would cause you to repent. It is my heart this morning that this message would remind you that you can't do it without Him. That you need the cross for the secret place. So this morning, would you close your eyes church and all across this place, if I can have every Christian in the room praying right now, because first and foremost, I wanna offer an invitation for someone here in the room who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus to start one today. I wanna encourage you friend, if that's you in this place and this person I've been preaching about this morning, you don't have that closeness. You don't have that personal intimate relationship then today is the day for you. I wanna encourage you to start that relationship today. And while everyone's eyes are closed, while all the Christians are praying right now, championing you in the spirit, I wanna invite you right now As I look across the room, would you raise your hand to choose Jesus today? Is there anyone here? I encourage you right now, and invite you to raise your hand right now. I'm gonna look across the room a couple of times. If that's you, if you wanna do that, I invite you, raise your hand right now. Is there anyone here? Awesome, thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand, you can put that down. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? One person this morning, is there someone else today that wants to start that relationship with Jesus today? Thank you, Lord. He is good. The best version of your story is with Him in it. I wanna encourage you, if you still put your hand up and you're thinking about it, give Him a go. You got nothing to lose, I can promise you that. I'm just gonna look across one more time. Is there anyone else? Let's invite you to raise your hand. Awesome, I see your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church, before I pray for you, would you pray with me? And if you're one of those people that put up your hand just then, I encourage you to pray this with all your heart. And repeat after me, church. Let's pray it out loud and proud. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place. Thank you for loving me, even when I didn't love you. Today, I choose you. I choose you forevermore, come into my life. I surrender it to you, make my story the best it can ever be. In Jesus' Name I pray. And everyone said, amen, 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 amen. amen. Come on here, let's celebrate these people today. If you're one of those people, I would just encourage you. We've got a banner at the back of the room there. It's a Next Steps banner. And uh, would you come and uh, meet with one of our team there? We'd love to just, if, if you want to, we'd love to get your name and, and contact details. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one and uh, we'll answer any questions you might have because we wanna help you to start and to foster that relationship with Jesus, telling you about the benefits of church and all of the benefits of the commandments of God. So please come and meet us there. But church, I wanna pray for you before we close. So I just invite you again to close your eyes this morning. To Heavenly Father, I just lift up our church to You. Lord, I pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would be upon us this morning. It would cause us to repent, to come back to God, to be to be in the secret place, to look forward to going into the secret Place, to protect the secret place, to defend the secret place, to foster it, to look after it. God, I ask right now that you would help us to purify our hearts, to wash our hands. Lord, I ask that you would help parents to foster a closeness between each other, married couples to foster a closeness between each other, and let that only overflow to the children, to the family. Lord God, I ask You to help the adults in the room to recognise that they need You, that they need the power of the resurrecting power of the cross today. Lord, I ask You to help them, prompt them to know what to do, to where to go, to how to get help, to deal with the things and the stuff. Holy Spirit, maybe there's someone that we need to remove out of our lives, to purge out of our lives. Or maybe it's just something that has stolen us away. Lord God, I pray that You would help us to be close to You, to enjoy our time with You. Help us to pray bold prayers. Help us to pray big prayers. Help us to pray sun stand still prayers, prayers of faith, prayers of boldness. Lord God, I ask that we would start to believe for miracles, that we would start to believe for souls to be saved, that we would start to believe that our God is bigger than any battle that's going on right now in our home, in our workplace, in our society. Lord God, that we, your people, would humble ourselves and come and spend time with you. Holy Spirit, help us to desire time with Jesus above everything else. Lord, I pray today that we would walk out inspired to get close to You, that we would walk out today inspired to get close to You, to be drawn in to time with You, that we would be jealous of it, that we would defend it, that we would protect it, that we would set it up, that we would put dates in our daily calendars. Lord, that we would start to date You again. Lord, that we would spend time with You. Lord, that we would enjoy spending time with You. Holy Spirit, wash our minds of things like we have to or i need to but God that we get to and we want to holy spirit i pray that there would be a beautiful intimacy that we would have with you again in jesus name i pray lord I ask you bless every single person in this place bless every single home in this place let them be let there be homes of peace prosperity let the businesses the workplaces that we're a part of. Lord God, let them be blessed because we are there. Lord God, let the world be better off because we are there. Lord, that it would bring glory to you, that it would show them that they not only need you, but that they want you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Well, church, God bless you this morning. I pray that message encourages you and inspires you. And I encourage you to spend some time with those that you love and discuss it this afternoon. And maybe you need to do some stuff or change some stuff in your family or in your home. God bless you. Stick around.